after further reveal. What's up, everyone? Episode 19 of After Further Review. How's everyone doing? We're chilling. We're chilling out here. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, good. We got a uh, we got a huge show tonight, and we're uh, we're pretty excited for it. What uh, what do we got on the table, Ryan? After further review, summer episode edition. We have a packed show for y'all tonight. We got NBA talk. Obviously, the finals just ended. Got to hit that. Got some MLB updates for you. Gonna sh- gonna tell you guys our best all time catchers and starting pitchers. Obviously, a lot of biasness there, but that's all right. Go through some after further review picks that Ben made last week. Fire emoji. Uh, I'm going to hit the Q&A from our Instagram page and then quickly touch on college baseball and UFC to wrap up the show. So a lot to unpack here tonight, boys. Yeah, we better get going. We got a lot, a lot on the table. All right, let's get it. Nikola Jokic, first ever ring, two-time MVP. That man is building a resume. Yeah, he's ready to go back to Serbia, though. <laughs> he was like salty. In the interview that he uh, he had a state all Thursday for his parade, he wanted yeah, to saw, go back to his horse. I saw he was posting about his horses and like I don't know. Everyone always posts that meme of him in that like carriage thing. Oh you know yeah, talking about yeah. He yeah. should have just flown that in and used that as his parade on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. But no, huge congrats to the Nuggets. That was dominated the series really. I mean, the last game was kind of close, but it didn't feel like the series was ever too much in danger to the heat after game three i'd say so and big big hats off to murray for his comeback and all the stuff he went through with his injury and getting back and finals champ yeah to me it's just crazy i know the heat were a weird matchup to go against the nuggets in the finals ever since the lebron wade bosch it seemed like in order to win a championship you needed a big three, and it was also hard to obtain that via draft as well. And the Nuggets, to me, Michael Porter Jr. is, I mean, he's probably their third option, but they really just have a big two. And Jamal Murray coming off of serious injuries, and they went with like a seven, maybe eight-man rotation. That Christian Brown, dude, by the way, I don't like him. He, he looked a lot better than he is but but the entire team just played well only two core guys really good defense and I thought that was something that couldn't be done in today's NBA and I was shocked that the Nuggets made this run and capped it off and they didn't get tired like we talked about injuries didn't play a factor for them and they didn't get tired from playing heavy minutes all these other series I guess the sweep in the conference finals definitely helped them we were worried about the week off. How would they face it? And got them enough rest to push through in five, nine and one to finish the playoffs for them. That's crazy. Yeah, they really dominated. And uh, Jokic really just cemented himself as being the best player in the NBA, hands down. And still just really hurts to watch this end of the playoffs, knowing what happened to the Sixers and just seeing how effortlessly they do everything. It's just really disappointing. But We'll see how they handle it next year. I mean, they're the chance that everyone's going to be gunning for them, and the West is still loaded, so it's not going to be an easy path back. Yeah, I'm chased the a couple of weeks ago or three months ago, whenever the finals started, because there's like a million days in between. <laughs> um, 
you said you said Nuggets in five first, and then you're like, oh, maybe I'll go to seven, just because. Yeah. So you you had it, but I should have bet it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I saw Thomas Bryant got traded from the Lakers, also gets a ring along with Ish Smith. Just weird players that I forgot were on the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, that's just a wild roster, top to bottom. DeAndre Jordan was like playing a factor on the bench over there. Um, because I know there was moments too where Jokic Jokic in game five had a moment where he was like freaking out on the bench and they were saying, like, obviously the language barrier can be a little difficult for him still, which he can get frustrated with sometimes. But the saddest part for me was on the other end. I don't know if you guys watched the entirety of game five, but Jimmy Butler first three and a half quarters went like two for 12. And it wasn't even the shooting woes for me. It was just like he was just looking to pass the whole time. I don't know if the defense was that good for the Nuggets or if he was just like not ready to turn it on. But I was super disappointed because he was passing up a lot of shots or drives I thought he normally took. And, of course, everyone knows last like four minutes of the game, he turns it on his back-to-back threes, gets fouled for a three, hits all three free throws, comes down, gets fouled again. He had like – double-digit straight points for the Heat to bring them within striking and to win the game. And I'm just like, if he – not that they would have won the series, but at least that game alone, if, if there would have been that type of aggression, Jimmy, the rest of the three-and-a-half quarters prior, they probably would have won by like 15, 20 points because the Nuggets couldn't score that much either. I mean, that was just a complete thing. Mike Breen called it a slugfest, and – the Nuggets outplayed the Heat in that type of game, which I didn't think was possible either. So just super disappointed for Jimmy because you don't know how many chances he'll get. And on the other side, I don't want to call it, but I feel like this Nuggets team could be a lot like the 2021 Bucks team where they have this great run and they get the championship like Giannis did. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get back, if they can win again. I'm going to say – there's a good chance they don't with the talent in the West, but I picked, picked against them all year long. So, yeah, it is kind of interesting because you think about the West a little bit, and there are some, I mean, some of the superstars are starting to get up there in age. And the guys who ran the West for a long time are now kind of, I mean, they're still great players, but they're aging out of the league a bit. So, if you, if they put another run or two together, they, those guys might be over the hill yeah yeah and yeah congrats to the nuggets and their fans and um aside from that very saturday news of the shooting during the celebration where some people were wounded luckily nothing more than that that's that's good for the city of denver i know they have a lot of success um their football program and stuff i saw a bunch of those guys were at the game but congrats to the nuggets they have a pretty cool franchise in the nba and i'm glad to see them win and kind of to pivot from that to our NBA brackets where no one had them even in the conference finals. Um, I know we haven't talked about it much. We've all actually been out since after round one, but I will say I made, I made the bet prior to the playoff starting and I did get last. Um, I did absolutely horrible. And the winner getting zero second round picks right also was Ben and he did it because he went seven and one in the first round. That's impressive to go seven and one and then lose the rest. Then go zero and four yeah, to follow it up. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough one. 
But yeah, so Ben, you get a six pack of your choice. If you want me to go to Giant, go mix a six too. Ooh. Surprise you, no matter what. Okay. I, I know you don't like them IPAs, but we can yeah. go any direction you want, man. Anything so, but the IPAs, I can I could work with. So I, I all right, I'll, maybe I I'll appreciate you, it. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Next next show, I'll come with a nice yeah. mix of six from Giant for you or something like that. Yeah, and we'll do we'll do some more brackets for sure as the uh, as the months progress. But I do have an NBA trivia for you guys. I've got a quick one. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. There's only been one player to play against both the 73 and 9 Warriors and the 72 and 10 Bulls. Who is that player? Se- Whoa, that I wasn't like thinking final. So this is just this is just a random question. Who played against both of these? Yeah, it's teams? a it's a it's a player. It's not a random player. I will say that. But there's only one player who's played against both those specific teams. So they had to have been old. So it had to be both of those years, obviously, too. That's like a 20-year difference. Is, I hope you get this. I don't think I'm going to get it. Okay. Just say All you. right. I'm going to go Dirk Nowinski. No, that, I like that guess. I don't know when he started, but I know he played for a million years. Yeah. No, but that was a good guess. Yeah, I don't He um He played for the Celtics for a portion of his career. I have one more guess. Uh, and oh, my gosh. No, I still. Is it Ray Allen? <laughs> no, I was no. gonna. I was gonna say Ray Allen or Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. It was Kevin Garnett. It was Kevin Garnett. Damn yeah. it! I didn't realize he <sighs> played that l- late. I didn't realize he played against the Warriors. He probably wasn't getting a lot of minutes, if I had to guess. But yeah, That's what team? Crazy. What did he play? What team was he on? The first one had to be the Timberwolves against the Bulls. Well, right, right, but and it was also even... the Timberwolves. In 1516. Was that his oh, last oh, year? He went back to the Timberwolves. It was his oh. last year. He got he had 15 minutes a game. So he was still what the heck? So he... yeah, it was his last that was that was the year too, right? The Warriors year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was his last year in the league. What the damn. That's crazy. <laughs> it's on some irrelevant Timberwolves team. Classic KG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who was on that team that year? <laughs> no. Let's, do, let's just get it in real quick. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Real quick. Then Chase, you did you want? Did you yeah, have a trivia too, Ben? Yeah, we can do it. All right, let's hit it, Ben. I'll let I'll let you go for it, and then Chase can hit his trivia. All right. So yeah, the the 2015-16 Timberwolves team they finished a solid 29 and 53. <laughs> that nice. year. So they had Garnett. They had a Gorgie's Gorgie Diang. Oh okay. Oh yeah. They had Tyus Jones. They okay. had a young Zach Levine. All right. Shabazz Muhammad, all-time bust. <laughs> um, Andre Miller. Then they also had a young cat and Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Worst duo of all time. Ricky Rubio. Oh, Tyshawn Prince. And then some other no-name. Oh. An old Kevin Martin. No, and they had Father Time. They had Nikola Pekovic. <laughs> oh, wait, what? You, you were... She's oh, on there too. How did how did they not win thirty games? Yeah, they should, that's a, not a bad. Yeah, team, what? actually, was, did they have a bunch of injuries or something? Probably. I, I don't know. Rubio's already out half the year, and oh yeah, they, I mean a bunch They're of over under for the preseason that year was twenty seven and a half. So technically, they went over their preseason prediction. Cashed. That's a cool team, though. That's a cool squad. Yeah, that's a nice squad. It just didn't. It just was too young. Mm. Too young at the time, I guess. About to pull up NBA Live 15 and oh yeah, that. there you go. Play that for NBA 2K. 
Are you guys ready for a guest the player? All right, let's NBA do it. Edition? I'm ready. Okay. Mind you, these are all created by ChatGBT. I created none of these questions, so I'm reading them for the first time. As... Oh. oh, you are too? Yeah. Oh, I, like I, you know I who just the... briefly went over them just to make sure there was like actual content to them, but... You know who you know who the player is though, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, the thing is is like you tell it to do something and it it'll write out like a script. So like I typed in guess the NBA player trivia. Oh, so it gave you the player okay, name. Yeah, and it. then it gave me like 10 questions. I'm a former NBA small forward known for my versatility and scoring ability. I played for several teams during my career, including the Houston Rockets, De- Dallas Mavericks, and Memphis Grizzlies. Wait, you said, right. Sorry, Rockets, Grizzlies, and Mavericks? Yeah. Okay. I played college basketball for the Florida Gators and was a key member of the team that reached the NCAA Final Four in 2011 and 2012. I was selected by the Houston Rockets with the 38th overall pick in the 2011 NBA draft. I earned NBA All-Rookie Second Team Honors in 2012 after a strong rookie season with the Houston Rockets. I am known for my shooting ability, particularly from beyond the arc. I have multiple seasons of shooting above 40% from three-point range. In 2014, I signed a lucrative contract with the Dallas Mavericks, which at the time made headlines. Chandler Parsons? Yeah. Oh! Nice snag. Off the top of it. Great guess. Yo, he had that horrible accident that I think... Yeah, but he got paid, though. (laughs) No, he got... It was the lucrative contract that threw it away from me. I was like, dang... Yeah. He was good. He was he was, he was pretty good, and then he got the contract, and then and that was a good one. All right, well, that, was, like, that was a clutch way to wrap up NBA. Yeah, and so yeah. I, like, I like that chase. So yeah, we got some uh, we got some big MLB topics to talk about. Yeah, let's, um, let's get into it, baby. Yeah, I'm the Mets. Are, I'm not. They're just. We can talk about them next week. Today, this is going to be an off week for me. Else, my blood pressure is going to go through the roof. Yeah, for the Mets. So that's it. Well, the Phillies chase have been hot, and not only has Schwarber heated up, but like a a day after I read an article about JT Realmuto being due to get out of this slump, man hits for the cycle. Holy smokes, was that cool to see. Yeah, first time since David Bell in uh, like 2004, I think. So it's been a long time coming that a Phillies player has hit for the cycle. A Phillies catcher, yeah, that's specifically, a but yeah, so great to get out of it. And if there was anyone that was going to do it, it was probably going to be JT. He's so athletic, and he can do it, and obviously prove that he could in a game. And I mean, they're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they've been somewhat tough against them. And I guess you could go against what Thompson's been doing with sitting the lefties against lefties, and um you know just trying to get these guys in every day and get a good rhythm and the guys at the top you know especially Bryson Stott and Brandon Marsh I mean they put up good at bats and if you always sit them against lefties I feel like they're never going to be able to hit lefties so and especially against a team like the Diamondbacks it's not like they're throwing out there like Kershaw or somebody who's got some you can whip out nasty stuff on you yeah you know like that's what the Mets were doing with Beatty they were sitting him against lefties but there are like he's supposed to eventually be their starting third baseman. So you have to see if he can, and he hit well against them in the past in like triple a. So you got to just let him stay out there. Sometimes the managers use those splits too much. Yeah. And not for nothing, they both have young legs. So 
let them get the time in and stop playing second. I mean, if there's any position that's devalued right now in baseball, especially over the last like five years, I feel like second baseman, all you really needed was to get somebody that could hit the ball. And that's all that mattered because defense really wasn't a problem with the shift. But now that you have to have a little more athleticism, it's going to start to come back um, possibly, but it's not so young. I feel like giving him a day off for a blow doesn't even really make any sense at this point. Like unless he's hurt. Yeah, completely agree. And Thompson seemed like he's starting to figure out um, his lineups and stuff. I mean, Phillies are eight and two in their last 10. They're finally winning series, which they haven't been able to do all season long, winning good games. And they exploded for a 15 piece, which usually means they're going to follow up with like three runs total over the next two days. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see how it plays out, but huge 15 to three win um the other night and the only thing that has pissed me off about the phillies in like the last week is that 15 to 3 game where somehow some way a relief pitcher gets a save how the heck do you save a game when you win by 12 runs i don't care okay all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tell everyone including each other and the listeners how the save works by definition of baseball. This All is right. a segment for 60 minutes. We're going to submit this. <laughs> so there's three ways, according to the MLB, that you can get a save. One, you enter the game with a lead of no more than three, one, three runs and pitch at least one inning. That is okay. literally what most people probably know a save at. Yes. Yeah. You, or you enter the game with the tying run in the on-deck circle at the plate or on the bases. Okay. Kind of yeah. weird, but it also makes sense. Three, you pitch at least three innings. That's and it. You qualify yeah. for a save. Yeah. So if you on, are on the winning, it doesn't on the winning team. Like you have to win. Right, right. So you have to be a relief pitcher on a winning team and pitch at least three. Yeah. That's the dumbest rule I've ever heard in my life. Okay. That's so dumb. I wonder, that, how, I wonder who leads the league in most three inning saves ever. I mean, we don't have to go down all these rules, but I'm pretty sure. In order to get a win um, for just any pitcher, so isn't there rules that they can sometimes change it? Like, let's say you're a reliever sure. and you give up five runs and in the bottom half, your offense gets you six. And you sure. end up winning the game. They can give the win to someone else. So why in the world, if you win by 12 runs, would you ever give anybody a save in the history of the MLB? That's just dumb. Yeah, I don't know. But to answer Chase's question, it's Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> oh no way yeah um he pitched three or more innings and in 36 of his career saves so wow. this has always been a rule yeah what? how many career saves does he have 341 okay so, so there was did... a decent bit that he was out there for three innings just mopping it up they definitely were in situations where they're like okay well we don't have a seventh and eighth guy so we're just gonna need you to go out there for three the first article is just it says the beauty and majesty of the three inning save. It's fine if it's a save, right? I mean, but it's, a, it's good that you have somebody that can close out three innings and be yes. effective doing it. Yes, I feel like that's not a, a something that people take advantage of at all. Though, yeah, that should be a new that should be a new position. Like you got your reliever and your closer, but then you got your like your 
um your from hybrid closer. <laughs> yeah your hybrid who just comes in for three innings yeah. and just locks it down yeah i, mean, I, I, I guess I, there are people who do two innings a lot so usually the the thing is usually you see those guys they're in like mop-up duty and when they're losing so that's that's the problem yeah. i have the phillies did not put out any of their top five relief yeah. pitchers they were blowing them out so they're like instead of using anybody up we're just going to throw out one guy we just picked off the streets and or I don't even know where this Ave guy came from, Chase. I haven't really seen him pitch yeah. much at all because they only he only pitches if it's a blow either way. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to save their other relievers and they throw him in there or Ortiz. I'm sorry, not I don't know what I it's Ortiz. And so the, he's just in there eating up innings so other guys don't get it and he gets credited for a save because of it. Yeah, like he's been back and forth in the MLB and AAA since 2018 and got his first career save. So hats off for this uh, might be his only save of the year. It might be his only save of his career. And it was a three inning save. Yeah, I guess I should be a little, little less harsh, but it just doesn't make sense (laughs) to me. Good for the guy, bad for baseball, basically. Was there any like current pitchers that? Lead the league in three. I don't know how to. I found an article about Raleigh Uh, just being like the leader, but I didn't find like an actual stat of like a list type thing. Uh, Oh, maybe there's a if I did like a deep dive on like stat head or something, I could find a way to sort. Oh, yeah, they definitely have that filtered on there somewhere. But so, as we promised you guys last week, we have a pretty, uh, pretty fun special segment, and it's the first week of this. We're going to continue it. And we are doing our starting nine. And as we said, plus a couple, plus a couple, um, plus like a DH, a reliever, a closer. But as we uh, as we continue into this, it's not necessarily who we think are the best players, but it's who we like and who we, um, you know, just grew up liking and mean something to us while they can still be great. So. Yeah, it's a it's a biased great player. So yes. it's it's a great player that we want on our all time starting nine. Yeah, so we're not gonna just. It, I mean, let's be honest. It would be boring if we all, all just did Babe Ruth, Willie. Like yeah. we could still pick those guys, but if we all had like a top ten, it kind of would be a little little boring. So this makes it yeah. more fun, more exciting, and we don't know who we, the other person picked either. So it's fun for us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for this segment. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this all day. Yeah, no, I think it's safe to say I've been I'm pretty hyped too. Yeah, yeah, and I do. You guys want to start with the starting pitcher? Or you want to go catcher first? How? What are we feeling? What are you feeling? Should we go? I'm feeling catcher. Uh-huh. catcher? Yeah, let's do catcher. Yeah, let's do yeah. All right, all right, right. Ben, you want to start us I'll off? Start I feel us like off. you have the most predictable catcher yeah. coming up here. So why don't you go first? Yeah. So my the catcher. Yeah. So it's. If you ever time favorite baseball player, yeah, my all time favorite baseball player, he's in the basement a lot. Um, and now I gotta go with Mike Piazza on this one. Lopez wants it away, and it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Draft in the 62nd round of the draft, which absolutely mind-boggling that there was 62 rounds. Can you imagine doing that on like MLB the show? <laughs> Just like oh, 62 yeah. rounds. But yeah, definitely my favorite player of all time. He's got the most home runs by a catcher ever, which is pretty cool. Um, and he finished his career at a 308 with uh 2100 hits, about 60 war. So 
couple of other things is that he was third all time with four top five MVP finishes. Yeah, he's just he is like the first like two baseball cards I ever got when I was younger were both two Mike Piazzas, which I still have. And I think ever since then he was like he was like my first jersey and yeah, big fan. So Mike Piazza's gotta be my guy. And he went in the Hall of Fame as a Met when he definitely could have gone Dodgers, and I super appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. No, pretty cool. Mike Piazza's he's everywhere down here in Ben's basement. And did you say did does he have an MVP or he was just top five like a good amount of times? He was top two three times. And he never won. He had a ridiculous Damn. year. Um, he had a ridiculous year in 1997 where he finished second behind Larry Walker. Oh, and I think we dove in. Did we dive into that one? We might have, but he, um, yeah, he, that year he hit 362 with 40 home runs and 124 RBIs as a starting as a starting <laughs> catcher, basically. So that's wild. No, I I, I like the pick, Ben. That's a good. The way to start off this summer segment of our all-time greats. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Chase, mine's not that exciting, so I, I can go next. I'll save I'll save your mystery pick for last. Okay. Um, for me, honestly, this was this was hard. I don't follow baseball as closely as you two. Uh, it was a solid core of probably like 2006 to like 2014, where I was really into baseball. But the catch, the catchers, I jumped, I jumped all around, and I actually ended up going with a current player. I might have some homer picks here and there. I know Ben just did, but I'm going with JT Real Muto. He's got a home run, a triple, and a single. It's a two-out base hit. That one's out toward left center field. Going back on it is Carroll. It's over his head, and it's off the top of the wall. JT will pull into second base. He's got a cycle. It's the first one for the Phillies since 2004. And for JT Real Muto, it's his first as well. Okay. okay. He right. has not finished his career yet, but he has been one of the best and most durable catchers of the past 10 years. He's on year 10. He's still playing at a high level. Three-time All-Star already, three-time Silver Slugger, two-time Gold Glove. I mean, he's he's getting the recognition on both sides of the ball, too. My favorite set I found was of him was in 2019. He threw out 47% of the players who tried to steal against him. And that, to me, is just ridiculous. I think he has a chance to be a future Hall of Famer. I don't want to get too picky because he still has some years left. And I also think he will be a future World Series winner as well. Hopefully on the hopefully on the Phillies. The only thing about him that was a flaw was the only postseason he's played in was that 2022 run. He didn't do too well. Um, with him catching every day, I think that just kind of caught up, caught up with him. And those postseason games were long, and he had never made the playoffs prior. So I think. This time around, especially if Harper can get on the field, he'll have if they make the playoffs, he'll have a much better um, postseason than he did last year. But yeah, JT Realmute is my catcher. Yeah, I would definitely say like Yadier has probably been the top catcher. Like obviously he's not retired, but I feel like JT kind of picked the torch up from him in a way. Like that did offensively and defensively is a top leader. Um, whether he's first, second, or third, he's always up there. So he's probably needs like another six to seven, like real, like solid years if he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Just, but I mean, he's he definitely could. It's just he's not like 
One, I, yeah. I think he he could definitely do more DHing, maybe even first. Like, I yeah. mean, a lot of catchers pivot. I think he would DH more if Harper. I mean, Schwarber and Castellanos, obviously, but I think him too. Garrett Stubbs, I think, still on the team, right, Chase? Yeah, and he's not a bad backup. So, JT's wow. just he's out there every day, and I just I love it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Stubbs has a six game hitting streak, and that's only because he's played in six games over like the last two months. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a head in every game, so he's got a little bat. That's so for my catcher, this is really tough. It okay. was uh it was actually like I think this is probably gonna be the hardest position that I pick in this entire uh lineup. Okay. And it's only because we have a new recent that we found about, and it's our boy Del Crandall. Del Crandall behind the plate. Oh, Chase, Chase, I literally, I love that. Chase, I was looking up catchers and I honestly had two in mind that you might pick and it was Ruiz and Sal Perez. And I love that you just went complete wild card and picked up our boy Del Crandall. Yeah, so I had Carlos penciled in here right away. It was my first pick, but I sat on me and it, I'm really torn in this. So I have Del Crandall and then my honorary pick is Chooch, so... He's gonna be my uh my bullpen catcher slash one day a week guy. Okay, a special catcher for the pitcher. But yeah, Del Crandall's my uh, actual pick, and we all know why he's the best ace hitter in uh history, right? Eighth hole hitter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, most home runs in that spot. And uh, I don't have any other stats, but that's Del Crandall for you. Yeah, well, a legend. He's got his card down here, so the... I love that he stays relevant yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. So to, just to, to recap, our three catchers were Mike Piazza, JT Rilamuto, and Del Crandall. And don't forget, guys, we are going to put these up, and you guys yeah. get to vote on the all-time <laughs> ultimate team with each uh, each week. We just had one from, like, one from every generation right there. Yeah, yeah well, seriously. We had, like, the current, like, the 90s and then 60s, 70s, just missing, yeah. like, an 80s-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll be throwing this on our Instagram account after further review AFR Show Pod. So make sure you hit a follow and get in on the action and help create our ultimate team. Yeah, I guess I'll go again for the starter. You want to? Ooh, someone else. Maybe someone else want to go first. Okay, okay, I can lead us. I can lead us all. Okay, okay. Um, starting pitcher for me was not that hard, and I don't know why I've always been obsessed with this guy. Just for some reason, growing up, I always like steered towards. There's mediocre teams that were almost good enough to make playoff runs, but they didn't seem to ever get in. And so I went with a Mariners starting pitcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Felix Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Seattle Mariners, Felix Hernandez, the 2 2. Let's go. What a what a Seattle Mariner legend. He's actually being inducted into their Hall of Fame this season. Not sure if he's an actual Hall of Famer, but that dude, when they had the Kings court and they showed all those yellow K's up in the stands all those years, a man was a he was so good in his prime. 15 years all on the Mariners. He was the 2010 Cy Young winner. Um, and he was also second in Cy Young voting two other seasons. 
six-time All-Star, two-time ERA title in the American League. And that year he won Cy Young, he had a 7.2 war. Absolutely insane, along with six complete games too. He was durable. He could pitch. And until like the last three, four years of his career, which kind of slurred his his career numbers a little bit, but he was just, oh man, he was so much fun to watch. His wind up, the hat a little tilted, the swagger, got crowds into it, pitched good in every park, like... Dang, yeah, King Felix is my guy. So, yeah, yeah, it's a solid starting pitching pick. Yes. All right, I can go next. Okay. All right, I got a guy from the same era, and I'm gonna go with former White Sox pitcher Mark Burley. Oh. Alexei. Yes. 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 Oh, that's a, I love who is that. it? Mark Burley. Mark Burley. Oh my! Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of his stats right here. Five-time All-Star, World Series champ in 2005, four-time Gold Glove winner, pitched a perfect game and a no-hitter. He's got a career of 59.1, 214 wins, 160 losses, and a career ERA of 3.81. Definitely a higher WAR than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's like sneaky. I think his numbers were a little all over the place, but that's borderline Hall of Fame war, actually. Yeah, I mean, he pitched thirty-two hundred innings, eighteen hundred strikeouts, and a one-two-eight whip. So, not, Dang, not too shabby for I didn't not see that I, coming. Because I had no idea. I had I did not, not see, see that, that coming. coming. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, Cliff Lane, Roy Halladay, obviously, they're my boys, and uh, Gio Gonzalez was also a sneaky pick in there. <laughs> All right. Well, my pick, it's it was this one was not easy for me. I had a, definitely a few uh names I was thinking of, but one guy just different from everyone else. Um, and he was just a unit. So I ended up going with the big unit, Randy Johnson. He got it. Look at his teammates. Look at Randy Johnson. A perfect game. 13 strikeouts. Oh, wow. That's a nice safe pick. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were about to say Bartolo Cologne for a second. <laughs> no, no I didn't. Dump truck. Johnson was like one of the first power pitchers to like really throw like crazy hard. And he started off his career with like no control of like anything. And people would be scared. I think when he was on the Expos, they used to use a mannequin instead of hitters because hitters were legitimately like scared to get in the box because he had no control over like anything. Damn. <laughs> um. But he he had the iconic bird incident too, where he um, hit the bird and then what no one talks about Jeff Kent just went up to the bird and picked it up with his bare hands and brought it back to the dugout and then pick, ran back on the field. But no one talks about that part. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, Jeff Kent literally just goes up with his bare hands, picks it up, and walks to the dugout and then walks back on the field. Damn, I did not know that part of the story. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a, anything of the bird left. I thought it just imploded on impact. No, yeah, apparently same. there was. But it was just feathers that were left that just vanquished. I know that's what I thought, but then I saw the picture. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He was a, So he's a five-time Cy Young winner, 10-time All-Star, won the Triple Crown, and World Series MVP the year that the 
uh, Diamondbacks beat the Yankees. Yeah. Which that series, he pitched the game six, had 104 pitches, and then came back out to close game seven with no day's rest. Next night Damn. game. It's crazy. Wow. Was he? Did he get in trouble with anything? Was he one of those guys that did PEDs? He did not ever get caught with okay. anything. I mean, he did have a renaissance in his like not a renaissance but his best years were like age 34 to 38 that was oh. like best years mm. i'm sorry I, I got him confused with someone else and you guys are gonna get salty because i can't remember who <laughs> I did, so. we'll deal with that later uh. but the uh, his craziest thing was that the he had a really good year for the astros and then they didn't sign him because he was getting old so the diamondback signed him to a four-year 52 million dollar contract and he then proceeded to have the best four years of his career, maybe by any pitcher. And he had four, all four years, he had four Cy Youngs. All four years he was there. Damn. <laughs> what? His whole four-year contract there, he had a Cy Young each year. That was his first, like, ride with the Diamondbacks. Then you're really making a case. Just <laughs> spending money because they need to, and then he gets four Cy Youngs out of it. That might be yep. the best value contract ever. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's ever a – you can't be a better contract than that. No. An so, old four-year contract. Yeah, and then lastly, just his 2002 year was one of the best, like, seasons ever. He was 38 years old. He was 24-5 and five with a 2.32 ERA. He had eight complete games with five shutouts. And oh, he had, my God. And he had 335 Ks. So that four-year stretch with the Diamondbacks that he won Cy Young, he had 364, 347, 372, and 334 Ks. Those four oh years. Oh, my God. I did not know he was, like, I knew he was a legend, but I didn't realize he was, like, an yeah. old legend. It was insane. Anyway, so I had to go with Randy Johnson because I was doing deep dives into some stats, and he was just – I do remember growing up just him – just being like this monster now it's not that uncommon to throw 98 but like when he was doing it it was like dang he was huge too he's i mean 6'10 he, just... he was the tallest player in like ever to be in the major leagues once he came up he was 6'10 he's so huge. he was like like aaron judge was like a big commodity how big he was yeah. but i can't imagine that 20 years ago i, I would be scared to get in the batter's box yeah. and plus now he's Damn. doing all this random stuff which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah true yeah we saw him at the super bowl being a photographer right yeah yeah he was yeah yeah all right that's so insane the, i know that four-year run if you look it up just stat wise it is what it's the like, hell and it's against, like, I don't know if he did steroids, but it's also against all the guy who just did steroids. Yeah, yeah, he was pitching against, you like, know, all the 72 home, 73 home run Barry Bonds. He was pitch, like in yeah. the same division. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I mean, you played. still have to get all those strikeouts. Like, that doesn't just happen by yeah. like anything. That's, I wonder if anyone looked up, like, I don't know if there's a way, but like how much worse umps were like 25 years ago. Oh, yeah. Do you know that uh, Twitter account, Codify? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they always highlight old like really strike zones. Yeah, sometimes. I follow it. I follow a uh, Twitter account that every after every game for every team, they give out, they do the ump report and they show what what count, what like balls were missed and then the, um, like the most important balls that they missed and like what count they were and stuff. And like, where yeah, game. yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's just literally helping the MLB's case to go to row rounds. Yeah. I'm just curious. I'm just genuinely curious. Well, yeah, it's cool. Because yeah. like I've seen videos of like Greg, like Greg Maddox throwing pitches and it would be like a foot outside the zone. And it was like a big strikeout. The batter was like, what the 
Like, yeah. I literally could have just taken a, like a full step on a home plate and then hit the ball. Like, so I feel yeah. like it was way wider in the day. I agree. And speaking of that codify, I just I saw the other day that they put the um, there's the last seven days of teams and whatnot, and the A's mm. ran first at seven and zero. Oh yeah. So and they keep getting fans to show up at their ballpark because they want them to sell the team. So yeah, they had the reverse in their favor. They had a reverse boycott where they just packed the stadium to show the owner like it's we're not the problem. It's <laughs> you, yeah. They, they have officially moved, right? I mean, basically, they signed. Yeah. I think Vegas approved something, didn't they? Or yeah, I think it's it's, it's the grossest divorce of all time. Yeah, yep. it's tough. Meanwhile, they're yeah. currently just on a seven-game winning streak. I am with a garbage as, roster. With as much as I'm team. salty at the Mets, that owner is awful. That owner is the worst. Yeah. Mine's Mike Piazza and Randy Johnson, Ryan with JT Rilamuto and Felix Hernandez, and then Chase with Del Crandall and Mark Burley. Oh, yeah. I love these picks. We went all different directions. Yeah. They're all great players in their own way, and I can't wait to see what our listeners have to say. On Instagram, two separate polls. Obviously, one catchers, one starting pitchers. Yeah. Um. After this podcast drops, so can't wait to hear you guys' feedback too. I'm building up in my batting order, starting at the nine hole, eight, and I'm just gonna work my way up. Yeah, I like that. Feel free yeah. to drop comments too. Tell us why you picked who you pick, and if it's just a fan favorite or whatever it may be. Yeah, and so I think on that note, next week we're gonna be doing a first base and a reliever. So look out for that. Non-closing reliever, right? Non-closing mm-hmm. reliever. And well, this will be a this will be a fun one. I don't have anyone in mind, so I'm excited. No one yeah. better take a three-inning save guy because he counts as a closer. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> right before we pivot on to um some of our after further review picks and QA, Chase, did you have a quick MLB trivia you wanted to hit? I do. I have a quick guess the player MLB edition. Let's get it back oh, in. I'm, I'm, like it, I'm ready to even the count on Ryan for this one. Oh, you might. Right. You definitely <laughs> might. I have a feeling you're both in on this one again. All right. Oh. Here we go. Question number one. I'm a former MLB pitcher who played for multiple teams during my career, including the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Houston Astros, and most notably the Detroit Tigers. I was known for my animated celebrations and distinctive delivery style on the mound. Oh, Bronson oh. Arroyo? Fernando no. Rodney? No, no. Those are both good guesses, but no. Tigers. Oh, yeah. I just, just, I don't was, even... it, was it Felix Hernandez? Or um, not uh, K Rod? No. Okay, sorry. Yeah, just keep guessing. going. Just keep going. <laughs> all right. You guys are dancing all around this guy. <laughs> I led the American League in saves in 2011, recording 49 saves for the Detroit Tigers. Jose Valverde? Yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Three times the charm. Good yeah. hit, man. I would have not I was getting closer that. with K-Rod. I was getting closer. Yeah, I know. You guys are... I was going to go... His next question was going to be like, I earned the nickname Papa Grande, which means Big Daddy in Spanish, due to my imposing presence on the mound. Oh, I would have thought like Jonathan Broxton. Oh, Ben. I don't know. Damn. And then the last question was, I'm known for my unique pitch style, often pausing during my windup to fix my cap or adjust my uniform. Oh. Yeah. yeah I forgot about him. That was, was a good Dave one. Alverde. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. And Ben <laughs> hit that right, just like he hit both of his after further review picks from last week. Guys, I don't know what you're doing, but if you haven't hopped on the Benny AFR train, Man is six and one now, and he he is making money. He's doing work. 
Yeah. So yeah, six and one feeling pretty good. We got no pick today. Um, just nothing. I don't like anything, but yeah, hopefully you guys took it and, uh, yeah, college baseball and UFC treating, treating me well. Yeah. Oliveira with a nice win and Stanford has been a wild roller coaster of a team oh, yeah. in this college baseball Oof. world series, but they are, they're still in it, man. That's your championship team. You rode with them in round two and they came through for you and, you even parlayed it, right? Yeah. The game one, they uh, they kind of had a rough one. They gave up five runs in the ninth inning to lose the game. So that's that's a tough way. Game one on a best of three. Came back pretty nicely game two to secure the win. And then game three, tied in the ninth inning with two outs, first and second. Guy hits a pop-up behind second base, like just into the outfield grass. Everyone loses it in the lights, and they walk it off and win. <laughs> yeah. In the so, same way. Yep. So they yeah, they got by Texas and they're now to the final uh final eight, I think. Final eight. Which which game was it that their pitcher had 156? Uh Stanford. Yep. That was Stanford and he was that game was, two or three. That was game two because he said he could be available for game three if he needs to be. <laughs> which ridiculous. was the next night. <laughs> he threw 156. Did he go to the complete game? Yep, 156, nine innings, 16 Ks. And he's like, yeah, I probably got three outs of me tomorrow. That's like 10 Lensicum that one time. His no-hitter was like 148. or so. I'm putting it out there right now. I hope I'm right with that 148. Dude, Randy Johnson had a well, – because I looked up a bunch of stuff. He had a oh, no-hitter yeah. where he had eight Ks and seven walks. <laughs> oh, Whoa. that's so nasty. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, 156 pitches and an outing. Yeah. And that's why guys in the MLB level need Tommy John. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But anyway, our after further review picks overall as a squad, we're six and three. And your man's Ben is six and one. He's carrying the after further review team. And just just know that next pick he pulls mm-hmm. out, you got to ride it. At this point, you got to ride it. Yeah, you guys got to start making one here soon. Yeah, I know. I got to make one. I still have my pending long season. That's true. Got the pending long season one, which I don't know. The A's now seven in a row. I'm getting a little – I'm sweating a little bit over <laughs> yeah. here. I might as well just read my Cardinals over right now. They have the ability to make a run. But I still, at least with college baseball for the moment, I got my two championship teams still in there. So. Yeah. Yeah, and real quick, um, as we're pivoting towards the latter part of the show – quickly touch on college baseball and UFC coming up shortly, but did you want to hit our Q and a, I think we had a question from one of our listeners this week, Ben, what you got? Yeah. So my wife, Julia just asked a pretty simple question. Um, I had the end of the Mets game on, they had the bases loaded against the Yankees and decided to get zero runs and lose another winnable game with, with uh, Scherzer anyway. So <laughs> She asked about what does clutch mean? Because I was talking about Verland or um, Lindor. He was bases loaded, one out, down by one. Just got to put the ball in play. So it's, I mentioned the word clutch, and she wanted to know what in that term, what does that mean? Like in sports? Yeah, like what is a cl- like clutch well, What did Lindor mean? do? He struck out, and then oh. Smarte struck out, and they lost the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough way to get out against the Yankees. Yeah, they were up five to one, too. They've lost mm. nine of anyway. Just start talking. Clutch. That's no. That's a good question because first off, I think it means something different in every sport. Yeah. Um. I, I I don't know how to go about it. It's definitely coming up big 
in not just big moments, but big moments at the end of the game is like ultra clutch. So you yeah. can have clutch moments, I think, throughout any game. But like to be truly a clutch player, you have to hit these big – you have to capitalize on these big moments at the end of the game, not necessarily for the win, but just in the prime moments. Yeah, the dagger moment in your heart, and you're just like, damn it, it's over. There's like three minutes left where you're like, this game's over. There's not even – doesn't matter at this point. Like, if they scored 10 more points, it's not even going to matter because this game's over at this point. Like, they, that person just took out that energy from the squad and basically killed them on the court. But that'd be interesting. I wonder who – like in each sport lead as like a leader and like go ahead points or i don't know how you i know the that. nba is a weird one it's um thing i actually yeah, I should have a stat for it. yeah there's a like lebron's in the top no but it's the guy who's in first is someone you wouldn't expect and i forget it's I mean, it's, it's uh furcon corkmas <laughs> no it's darren fox no what no yeah no, fox won all time oh all time yeah but while whilst that guy looks that up i will say i but I think NFL is one of the major sports where clutch is not as much of a factor. Mm-hmm. I think NBA is probably one of the top sports in the world where clutch matters. And honestly, second might be baseball. Because whether you're a pitcher, a closer, or a player in the field, you can have a clutch moment. And the NFL, it's just there's so many different plays. Like If you're a defensive player, it's – I mean, I guess it happened. Sherman, Richard Sherman had that clutch moment where they threw mm-hmm. to Crabtree in the end zone. And like, there's certain things like that, but like you really see it in the NBA with shot making and or shot blocking occasionally, more so shot making. But yeah. then MLB, it definitely comes down to that pitcher, hitter, duel. In those moments, almost one of the two is always clutch at the end mm-hmm. of the game. Like that Yankees pitcher who struck out Lindor, what, that was clutch. Yeah. Holmes is garbage, but it was a clutch strikeout. It was a sinker that he like kind of hung and Lindor just decided to break and miss it. The point I'm making is that it can happen in different ways, but if Lindor would have got a hit there, that would have been a clutch hit. Yes. I would say it's important in hockey too. Like you can have a player that just like either your goalie makes an outrageous save and it leads to like a breakaway opportunity or something or... You have a guy like, unfortunately, Matthew Kachuk gets hurt in the final, broken sternum. But leading into that, I mean, he single-handedly, like, knockout punched the Carolina Hurricanes in, like, four of their games where he just had a game-winning time, a game winning goal. It was like, which, I don't know, that's insane. Yeah. And another clutch one, like, that just actually happened in sports, the, in golf, the guy who had that 73-foot oh, yeah. putt to win it in the, like, that's that's insane like to have yeah. a 70 i think it was like over 70 foot putt um, yeah i guess was... you could say tiger woods is like maybe the most clutch player ever because that's of true. how many times he was like down and came back or just like outright sealed it with like a putt and you're like damn like you just that's went there and just cleaned a, it that, that's a that's gotta be such a tough sport to be that clutch like it's just yeah like and he won how many events like he was probably the betting favor for like 10 years straight yeah. To win almost every event. I guess I'm thinking about football a little differently because football is probably more so every place so big. You got mm-hmm. the refs out. Well, yeah. yes, but there's clutch moments throughout the entire game. Big catches, big throws, big tacks. Any type of turnover created is probably clutch. So football is a little different than all the rest. 
Whereas sports like golf, basketball, baseball, those ending moments where you make a big play, big save, it's just clutch. It almost change like takeover. Yeah. And then it escalates to for Julia and anyone else out there for playoffs and obviously championships. If you make one of those types of plays in those moments, it's like a major clutch move. Like, yeah, there's a good question. Who's the most clutch basketball player? That's no, that. No, it was oh. a, no, that was terrible. Rabbit hole. Got nothing out of it. I literally just got got multiple lists of MJ, Kobe, and LeBron, like one, two, and three, and there weren't even like talking about that. It was it was so stupid. Yeah. Just opinion pieces. Yeah. So, you know, as we uh, as we wrap up this show here, I think we just quickly touch on UFC um, only because we had Amanda Nunes retire as a double champ. I think first time that's ever happened to mm-hmm. retire as a double champ. I think no doubt about it. Greatest woman fighter of all time, for sure. I think I don't think there's really that's like one of those. I don't think there's really a debate. Yeah, um, just just a dominant run and i know pain is pissed <laughs> um but yeah just just had you know what an insane career she had she really kind of came out of nowhere like she was a, a obviously a, a ufc fighter making uh making her way and then all of a sudden she just hit a hot streak and was just taking people out and the division she ended up taking over was a division that was made for chris cyborg and really just one person and then she came in and just Willing her doors off in a fight basically led her to leave the UFC because there was no way she was going to get back in a ring and fight her. And there were so many times where Amanda Nunes would schedule a fight and the opponent would back out. Uh, pretty sure Jermaine Durandamy got handed the interim belt and then didn't even fight for it, just gave it up because she didn't want to go against. Um, it was either Cyborg or Nunes, but one of the two. And either way, that's just a dominant position to be in. Yeah. yeah. And real quick, so just some notable because she. I mean, Cyborg was one, but who can you just give a couple other fighters that she just like notable women fighters that she just completely whooped? I mean, the biggest the biggest one, obviously, is like she ended the reign of Ronda Rousey. Yeah, like she everyone seemed to think Rousey was like unbeatable and Nunes just destroyed her. Yeah. Um, And like that moment, Cyborg, like two of the most iconic fights, um, you know, in the UFC, let alone just the women's divisions. And, and I mean, violent striking, too, yeah. where it was like, wow, there's a clear difference in like, yeah, just levels to the game. And it was it was hard to watch in a way because you're like, wow, these they're getting beat up. They're not defending themselves. Like, yeah, I mean, she beat Holly Holm. You're uh, you know, she beat Ioana once. I yeah. Think, right? Holly yeah. Holmes, is, that's a notable one. Yeah, Joanna's yeah. considered probably number two, I would say. Oh, all the yeah. time. So she had <laughs> a crazy like rain and yeah. just putting people away. She was ready to Shevchenko, she's being her. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Valentina's yeah, probably top. That's probably your top three right there. Yeah, honestly. she beat her twice. So, I mean, yeah. uh, it's a pretty good, really solid resume. I mean, I feel like she could keep fighting if she wanted to, but. Um, just getting that point in career. They're going to close up that division now, so she would have to cut weight, and I don't think that's really something she wants to keep doing. No, and that's the that's the craziest part about it is they're literally getting rid of the division now because she's gone. Like, it's there's just no one that's going to mm-hmm. do anything with that division because she was just destroying it, and no one stayed there. <laughs> yeah, and I think in four years she's had two fights there. Yeah. I'm pretty just sure. Getting, what is it just because there's less – is there less – um, women fighter divisions and there are men or is it just because that's 
Yeah. Like, what was the weight class of that division? Featherweight. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a, it's on the top end of the women's division. And they didn't have it before they had Cyborg. So they really made it just to bring in Chris Cyborg into the organization. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Nunez just kind of took it over and then cleaned the division and then everyone left. Yeah. I mean, you had, Felicia, just packed up and left. You had Felicia Spencer. Also, Pena's pissed, but do you guys think even if Pena, like, let's say they fought a third time because it was one to one and Pena wins, like, it's not like, I mean, she might think she's better than Nunez, but no one else would think that, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like at this point. Nunez said that she said if she, because I think Pena was the original fight, correct? And then she said if it was Pena, she would have fought one more time after Pena because she wouldn't have wanted to end her career on the same opponent. She wanted a new opponent for her last fight, she said. So what happened? Would it Pena back out? She got an injury. Yeah. Well, that seems like a her problem to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the risk in any combat sports booking. Yeah. Nunez is ready to fight, and she's someone who's going to fight if she can. She's not Mm going to. But yeah, yeah, so one of the... One of the goats for sure, and she'll be missed. She's still going to be coaching, I heard, but uh, yeah, yeah, her dominance is yeah. yeah. I don't. It's not going to be matched for a while. So, I want to see her versus Khabib. I said it. Yeah, anyway. be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just a random thing. I, think... I don't. Yeah. So, and then the only other fight that I mean, there was some other good fights on that card, but the only one I really cared about too much was Oliveira. Um, mm-hmm. And he just dismantled Daryush. And so you got to think at least he's in the running for another shot at the title. I mean, it's got to be tough for Daryush. He's been like calling for this fight, for this like top contender fight for so long. And to just lose that way, he's got to probably take a little time and regroup mentally. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think he was injured, right? Didn't they have to reschedule him a few times or? They at least did it. I think they did it at least once. They were, yeah, where he was scheduled to fight someone. I don't remember. He'd have to like go on a sure yeah. dog. But on sure dog, it doesn't say there was any withdrawals, but I, I thought, thought he was hurt, or was. maybe he, someone who he was fighting was hurt and they had to back out. And then he uh, was in limbo. Yeah. Then, yeah, I didn't see anything happened. on sure dog, but yeah, that's just tough for him. Either no matter what, <laughs> yeah, either, yeah, it's a tough loss and couldn't capitalize on it. He kind of seems like he was in the position that Dan Hooker was in for. Like, he had a run, and then he got up against, like, really tough opponent. Like, they kind of skipped over, like, okay, I'm ready for my next middling fight, and then just went right to a, a title challenger. They yeah. got destroyed, and now he's going to have to build a stock back up because he went against somebody who was maybe a little further in the gap. No, and yeah, and on that note, I think uh... – think we'll wrap this one up this was a this was a fun podcast um i think we're all pretty excited about these uh these picks we got going for the mlb so please if if you can on instagram vote on them for the catcher and then the uh, starting pitcher and uh, we'll talk about it next week along with our first base and reliever yeah and boys i'm just gonna say it hands down i think this podcast was our best one yet um everyone who's been listening since day one thank you if you haven't listened, maybe this is your first one. Just know, like, we're this is this is so much fun, and we're we're just we're starting to get really into a groove here. And hop on the train, let's get it after further review squad. Yeah, every week, come by, listen to us, hit us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, 
and uh yeah we'll answer any questions and even if you want to send us a comment we're definitely down to talk about it so ben ryan chase here after further review episode 19 we out deuces give us a follow